take your Bibles and turn to 1 Timothy chapter number 4. Latter Times Ministry series in 1 Timothy chapter number 4. Um, we have the first verse of that chapter. We remember when we started with the first verse. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly then in the latter times. Some shall depart from the faith. And it's talking about the latter times. This is what it's going to be like before Christ comes. The latter times. And so it's entitled the latter times ministries. And that's where we're at. Tonight we're looking at a balanced life. A balanced church. A balanced preacher. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, look at verse number 13. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 13. Till I come, Paul says, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. That's where we're going to stay in right there. So let's stop right there. Just uh, after that reading, we'll pray, ask the Lord's blessings, and then get into the message tonight. And it's a message about being balanced. And this is what Paul's trying to get across to Timothy. The church needs these things. He needs these things. A way to be balanced in your Christian walk. He gives these three things, reading, exhortation, and doctrine. And so we're going to take a look at that in just a minute. Lord, thank you so much for your word. I pray that you'd help us as we look into it. Lord, thank you so much for the blessings that you've given us great spirit in the church, the uh, good attendance and the offerings and the, and the providence that, you, that we have from heaven. Lord, thank you so much for that. Lord, I thank you so much for uh, meeting with us in services. Lord, it's just more than just uh, services, but it's your spirit and your presence and uh, your influence upon us and upon your people and uh, to getting out the gospel clearly and then also speaking to and dealing with your people. Lord, thank you for that. Lord, I thank you in advance for you being with us here tonight. I pray that you just bless, that you teach and guide and lead us. And give us what we need, Lord. Give us instruction for each one of us to be balanced. And so, Lord, we, we need that. We need you to uh, guide us and direct us and, and uh, lead us here tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. First Timothy four thirteen. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Now, while we're not going into the next verse, with verse number 14, verse 14 deals with what we're going to be taking, what we're going to be actually be doing next week. Look at verse 14. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, Paul speaking to Timothy, the young preacher that is uh, being, uh, fulfilling the ministry, and, and uh, although he was not pastor uh, as, uh, so to speak, there, but he was fulfilling the role of a pastor in that place. He says, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. That laying on of hands of the presbytery, the elders or those who are, are uh, uh, experienced in the word of God, they get together and they lay hands on the, uh, the man who is to be charged with the ministry of the gospel. That laying on of hands of the presbytery will be accomplished upon Brother Chip, next Sunday, or next Monday, not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow night in the ordination. So first, as a church, we're actually going to observe this, and then we'll expound upon it, not next week, because we have a, a, a preacher from out of town, guest speaker, but as we continue with this, we'll be dealing with this in two weeks, 
to see, okay, what went, what went down, what our job is, what we're, we're talking about in the ordination of a man of God. So uh, we're going to be getting, getting back to that. But, of course, just kind of looking forward to, to that, not next week, but the week after, as we get into verse number 14, <clears throat> as we'll already have the example and the, we'll be able to, to speak where we, we can see what we're talking about because we've just experienced that. We just went through that. So last week, we covered the testimony necessary in the latter times, verse number 12. You remember that verse? He said, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Those six things. We're urged to be genuine in these six practical areas. He, remember, used uh, the first one was word, or that's your speech. He's saying, watch your tongue, what you say, uh, keep your word. Uh, number two is in conversation or your behavior. Uh, uh, be, be careful how you walk the walk. <clears throat> Number three is charity. <clears throat> That's your sacrifice. Is displaying bounty to others. Your spirit, your attitude. This is an, the manner in which you operate. Uh, your faith. This is your belief. What you believe, not what you say you believe, but what you actually believe. And the last thing is your purity. This deals with Timothy's holiness. Shun defilements that seep in on every side. And it's, and it's an encouragement to every believer to do that. Now, with all the bogus counterfeits out there and around in the last days, people need to see a genuine faith. That's genuine. And that's what he's talking about. This is what you need to have an effective ministry in the latter times when there's so much garbage out there. So tonight, of course, we're going on to the next verse, verse number 13. We already read it. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Paul was writing from another place. He was deterred from being there. And while he was out of town or out of uh, that area, he gave Timothy instruction on what to do. And such instruction that would give him a great ecclesiastical, ecclesiastical and a personal balance till he arrived and could instruct and oversee the work himself. So while he's gone, he says, hey, there's three things that you need to be careful about. That you need to, to watch your, your walk, that you need to watch the congregation in these three things. And so he gave them this job. <clears throat> there are three areas that were essential for young Pastor Timothy to excel in or to give attendance to, as he said. The words give attendance to means to apply or to take heed or to regard or to beware. Hey, pay attention. Give some diligence to this. Give attendance to three things. They are reading, exhortation, and doctrine. It says, watch these three things. Be careful about these three things. Be careful to heed them, to follow them, to, to put some, some effort and application in reading, exhortation, and doctrine. <clears throat> now, these three words are biblically defined, and reading, that's the uh, Greek word, um, Anagnosis, I think it's uh, pronounced. It's the act of reading. We find the root word, root, root Greek word, gnosko in there. Uh, and it, gnosko means to know. It's a, a, a verb meaning to know. And then ana, or when it says anagnosis, I'm not exactly sure I'm pr pronouncing that. It's, it's, it's uh, two words put together. It's uh, the word 
Anna is to repeat or again. So it's to know again or to go over and over and over again. If this is to uh, 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 repeat. So putting it together, you have to know again by reading or by becoming familiar with or understanding through spending time going over the text. He says, give attendance to reading. Go over the text to know it. You say, well, these are familiar, but to go over it and over it and over it. While other books can fit here, the central idea that is implied is the biblical text. And when he says, give attendance to reading, he's talking about the Word of God mostly, where he says, hey, pay attention to go over and over and to become familiar with, to become immersed in the Word of God. It's not merely man's wisdom, as can be deduced elsewhere in Paul's writings. 1 Corinthians 2, verse number 1, he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech, of wisdom. Talk about man's wisdom. I didn't come to you in man's wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. He says, I, I brought you what God says, his wisdom, not man's wisdom. For I was determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ, and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. There again, he's saying it's not the philosophy and not what the world puts out. Not the words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. He says something similar in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19. He says, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, God says, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For those that are intellectual, you cannot know God by uh, the things that you discover. There are some things that are beyond your discovery. And it says, what man has, you're not going to know God by that. It's by God's revelation. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 1. And, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. It didn't come with man's wisdom. I came with God's wisdom. Paul never once said that we, we need to be armed with this world's wisdom or this world's philosophy. As a matter of fact, he, he uh, uh, warned us against that many times. But he always encouraged us to know the Bible more. Uh, so reading, when, he's, when Paul says, give attendance to reading, reading refers to reading your Bible, getting familiar with the text that God has given, spending your time in the Bible. He's talking primarily about personal devotion, if we were to uh, kind of apply it, to learn what the Bible says. To spend time immersing yourself in the Word of God. Give attendance to, be careful, uh, 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 apply reading. Spending the time being exposed to the Word. That's what reading means. Then he says to exhortation. Exhortation, the Greek word uh, paraklesis, is similar to the word parakleo. It's uh, para means near, and kaleo to call, so it's talking about to uh, call near or to go with somebody as you, as you encourage. To call near or to walk with one. Uh, we, we know the, the Holy Spirit is, is called the paraclete. He, he walks with us. He's with us where, where we go. 
to, to walk with somebody, to um, exhort somebody in this way. He, it's kind of like to coach them by uh, exhortation, by being with them, encouraging them. <clears throat> in the Bible, parakleo, exhortation is also translated comfort or consolation. When, when I look at this, when he, when he says, give attendance to exhortation, <clears throat> the word exhortation I see a boxing or a track coach running with the athlete, encouraging him, don't quit, you can do this, come on, you've got this. You know, here's the boxer that, that goes through a, a bad round and, and he sits down again and, and his coach says, hey, don't worry about it, he's nothing, you got this, you can do this. What you need to do is you need to, and he's, and he's with him in the fight. If somebody's uh, running a race and they're, they're getting fatigued, uh, the, the coach could run along with, with them I mean, he can't help him. He can't run himself, but he can encourage that athlete, that, that uh, 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 sportsman to keep in there, and he could do it. It's, it's an exhortation, encouragement. So exhortation refers to encouraging folks to follow and obey the Bible, preaching the Bible, enthusiastically, uh, uh, with, with, with emphasis, Encouraging one another to heed to the Bible. And this is in fellowship. This has to do with others in the church, others that you know, where you're helping somebody along, you're encouraging them, and it's encouraging them to follow the Lord in, uh, through his word. This is seen in the fellowship of believers here at church. and In a church setting, this, this is where it applies. We can be a positive peer pressure for others if we were to help one another to live for him. Not be discouraging, but to... Encourage to uplift. Somebody's, you know, uh, misses for uh, four or five weeks, six, seven weeks, and, and man, they're having a tough time and whatever it is that they're going through, and then they're seen at church by somebody else that says, oh, look, a visitor. That doesn't help. That doesn't help, really, it doesn't. You know what does help? Oh, man, it's good to see you. I've been praying for you. I mean, to get in there and to exhort, to encourage in that way. We can be positive peer pressure for others. Journey with believers who are struggling. We can encourage them to fight. So exhortation is a reference to fellowshipping around the Bible. Helping others in that personal relationship to help others to follow the word of God. So you have uh, reading. This is reading your Bible. Exhortation, which is fellowshipping around the Bible. And then doctrine. The doctrine, the word means instruction. It's the function or the information. This would imply the material being taught, the content of the class or the, the syllabus. Jesus said, teach them all things whatsoever I have commanded you. He's talking about the teaching of the word of God. This is, we refer to it as our faith, the doctrine of the word of God, the teaching. And that's what it's, what it's talking about. So this word doctrine refers to teaching the Bible and also the teachings of the Bible. <clears throat> so all of this has to do with the Word of God, whether it's reading or exhortation or doctrine. Reading is reading your Bible. Exhortation is fellowshipping around the Bible. Doctrine is putting out the Bible, teaching the Bible, not just in church, but to those who don't know the Lord, to make God known to those around, teaching the Bible. All has to do with the Bible. There are verbs on what to do with the Bible. Reading, 
is the study of God's Word. Exhortation is the personal, the passionate exposition of the Word, helping others so that they'll, they'll be encouraged to follow, follow the, the Lord. And then doctrine is the outreach of the Word. This is the teaching all nations. Reading, exhortation, and doctrine. And he says, Timothy, you need to be balanced. You need to give attendance to all three of these. Don't leave any out. You've got to have all of them. You can't just excel in one. You've got to excel in, in uh, reading and exhortation and doctrine. And then uh, we'll take a look at churches. There are some churches that are imbalanced in, in these areas. Maybe they have one without the other. Can you think of a church like that? Can you think of a church that, is, uh, that just uh, has the reading down pat, the study of God's word? They're deep in the knowledge of God. They, they study the Bible. Uh, they, they know what the Bible says. Uh, there's no passion or outreach. They might be cold and dead, but they're orthodox. I mean, they've got the truth. But Jesus talked about, no, no, you worship God in spirit and in truth. There's more than just the truth. There's more than just knowing what God says. So when, when, when Paul says, hey, you've got to be balanced and have reading and exhortation and doctrine. Some churches, they're, they're, they're satisfied to just have deep Bible studies and they got nothing else. And there's, there's, no, there's no passion there. Oh, they, they know what the word of God says, but, there's, but they're, they're dead and cold. And then you have churches that just emphasize the exhortation. This is the emotional presentation. Uh, without the accuracy or the truth, they don't really know. I mean, they're not, you know, they, they don't have the, the uh, reading or the being familiar with God's word down pat. No, what they're uh, con- uh, concerned with is the, the presentation, the emotional uh, appeal of God. But then what happens is they don't, they don't know. They don't know what God actually says or wants them to, to uh, uh, affirm. Uh, it's, uh, it's not in your notes up there, but uh, in, in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 18, uh, here's an illustration of, of somebody who uh, had this kind of, a, this kind of a, uh, emphasis, uh, the uh, exhortation, the passion, uh, not the message, but just the passion. Here's in 2 Samuel chapter 18. Look at verse number 21. 2 Samuel 18, verse 21. It says, Then said Joab to Cushi, Go, tell the king what thou hast seen. And Cushi bowed himself unto Joab and ran. Now this is uh, in in, uh, conclusion of the battle against Absalom's coup. Absalom, David's son, rose up against David. And what happened was he was uh, killed. David was real, real concerned about Absalom. He wanted to know what happened, about what's going on with his son. He's waiting. They didn't have uh, texting or internet or anything like that. He had to wait for a messenger to say what happened with the battle. And here's what Joab says to this man, Cushy. Wasn't a real athlete, wasn't a real runner, but he, he is a good, faithful man. He says, get out there and go tell uh, what, you, what you saw. Verse 22. Then said Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok, Yet again to Joab, but howsoever, let me, I pray thee, also run after Cushi. And Joab said, Wherefore wilt thou run, my son, seeing that thou hast no tidings ready? You don't know what's going on. You don't know what has taken place. And he said, Oh, no, no, let me run, let me run. He was very good at running. <laughs> that was, that's where he excelled. I mean, this guy was, was a, a, a track star. 
I mean, uh, he could do the marathon, no problem. Here's Cushy. I mean, he's got this message and he's going to David, but he says, no, no, let me run, let me run. He says, well, wait, you don't, even have, you don't even know what's going on. And you want to go to run to David? Say, yeah, yeah, let me go, let me go. Uh, verse uh, 23, but howsoever, said he, let me run. And he said unto him, run, go, do it. Then Ahimeaz ran by the way of the plain and overran Cushy. So he, he ran faster than the guy with the message. And David uh, sat between the two gates and the watchman went up to the roof over the gate unto the wall and lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, a man running alone. And the watchman cried and told the king. And the king said, if he be alone, there is tidings in his mouth. And he came uh, apace and drew near. And the watchman saw another man running. And the watchman called unto the porter and said, behold, another man running alone. And the king said, he also bringeth tidings. And the watchman said, Methinketh the running of the foremost is like the running of Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok. And the king said, He is a good man and cometh with good tidings. This guy was known for his running, I guess, because long ways off, he said, Man, that's got to be Ahimeaz. That's, that's the runner. And so, man, he's, he's, he's hoofing it. And Ahimeaz called and said unto the king, verse 28, All is well. And he fell down to the earth upon his face before the king and said, Blessed be the Lord thy God, which hath delivered up the men that lifted up their head against my lord the king. And the king said, Is the young man Absalom safe? There's one thing he wants to know. What happened to my son? And Ahimeaz answered, uh, uh, when Joab sent the king and uh, me, thy servant, uh, I saw a great tumult, uh, but I knew not what it was. I don't know. <laughs> he says, I don't really know what happened. And the king said unto him, turn aside and stand here. And he turned aside and stood still. And then Cushy came in and gave the, <laughs> the, the, the actual message. It was a runner that had all kinds of enthusiasm with no message. Folks, there are churches just like that. They're, they're men, they're flamboyant, and they've got the, the emotion, and, and they don't know what the Bible says. They're, they're not familiar with the Word of God, the doctrines of the, of the Word. They don't, they don't, they're not uh, uh, studied in the Word, and they're just uh, interested in exhortation. But he says that's not balanced. You've got to have reading, exhortation, and doctrine. You've got those who are so concerned about reading. That's all they do. They're not excited. They're not passionate about getting out the work. No, no. They just want to study and just want to, and they, boy, they go, and they go deep. And there's nothing there. And then there's a flamboyant, the, hey, man, wow, hey, uh, and they don't really know what the word of God says. They're not balanced in that area. And then you have churches that, that excel in doctrine, which is the outreach, you know, telling the, the, uh, the, the gospel to the world. And thank the Lord for that. I call them salvation stations. We've got a lot of uh, examples of those that, man, they've got a, a, a burden to get the word out and to, to uh, teach what the, what the Bible says to the masses, to get out just like Jesus said and, and uh, uh, to preach to all people. But um, that's, that's all that they have is just their, their uh, 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 emphasis on outreach, on doctrine. They're a mile wide and an inch deep, I say about that. They, they have salvation, right? Well, many of them have salvation, right? But there's no generational longevity in those churches because they don't warn about sin or about 
you know, uh, the, the articles of, of uh, the Bible or, or what God says or expects or uh, no warning about, you know, uh, things to, to watch out for, or to, to grow strong and deep and, and what, the, what the Bible says. No, no, it's just, just salvation. There are, <clears throat> there are churches like that. Uh, in uh, uh, the city of Chicago, there's this one example that some of my, my uh, loved ones are, have been uh, uh, involved with in the past, uh, no longer, but um, that, man, just a big explosion in the Chicago area of churches that are like that, that, you know, uh, uh, outreach. They're, man, they're, they're great at outreach. Thank the Lord they put us to shame when it comes to outreach, outreach, outreach. But they have one service a week, and that's just the gospel being preached. There's nothing else. Nobody ever grows. Nobody ever learns. Nobody ever, you know, uh, grows deep or strong or solid in churches like that because they're imbalanced. They just worry about the doctrine or the teaching uh, the word to uh, the, the outreach to the masses. And so that's all, that's all that they, they are. Those kind of churches, those kind of, uh, man, that's great for right here, right now, but then the church doesn't understand how to, how to keep pure and how to follow the, the, all the teachings of the Lord, teaching whatsoever things I've commanded. No, no, there's, there's a... Folks, we meet three times a week, well, four with Sunday school, and... Uh, we, we don't really have enough time to go through all of the teachings of the Word of God. It's a big book. When Jesus said, teach them all things whatsoever I've commanded you, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for instruction. How can you teach everything in one 40-minute session uh, once a week? You can't do it. You can't hardly do it as much as we do. But anyway, there are churches that, that just uh, uh, emphasize the last of the three the doctrine or the outreach to the world. And then you have a combination of some churches. Some churches, they emphasize the first two, the reading and the exhortation. That's better, but it's still no outreach. There are people that go deep, and man, they love each other, and they help each other with the exhortation, with that fellowship, and, and that's good, that's all good, but they, they don't have the outreach that they should have as it should be, like the Lord emphasizes the outreach. They're not plugged into the Lord's heart. Selfish churches that are only concerned for themselves, they're not lifting up their eyes, looking on the world, and, and, uh, on the world for, for the multitudes that Jesus is concerned about. They have the teaching, and they love each other, they have a passionate exhortation for each other, but they don't have the outreach that they should, and it's not balanced. And you have uh, some churches that have reading and doctrine. They, they go deep, <clears throat> and they know what the Word of God says. They're familiar with the, with the, the reading and the, the becoming familiar, immersed in, in the, the, uh, the, the Word of God, and they're, they emphasize uh, outreach. So they know what the Bible says, and men, uh, outreach is big, but they're not big on exhortation or helping those in the flock grow and develop have no love for their own, kind of shoot their own. You ever been in a place like that where, where it's just a uh, uh, dog-eat-dog kind of, it's like, it's not a good thing, you know, where, where uh, there's no love or compassion or health in the body. And then you have some churches that have uh, uh, exhortation and doctrine. They're emotional salvation stations without solid Bible understanding and they have a frail faith. 
But what Paul was telling Timothy, he says, you got to be balanced with all three of these. Give attendance to reading and exhortation and doctrine. A balanced mix, mix of the correct teaching, love and passion with an appropriate outreach. He says that's a good church. That's a balance. It makes for a healthy church, folks. Learning the word of God with great services of excitement and encouragement for one another and balanced with an outreach to the world. Oh, that this church would be that. We need, folks, you know what we need to be? You know where we need to be? We need to give attendance to reading and exhortation and doctrine. This all has to do with the Bible. All these verbs on what to do with the Bible. Reading the Bible, fellowshipping around the Bible, and teaching the Bible. Believers are to be focused. Now, we're talking about churches, okay? Now, that's fine. We can look at this church and whatever this church is, and, and we're all part of this church, and we're concerned. We want to be what God wants us to be as a church. But we could just look at this passage of Scripture and say, well, where am I? Am I balanced? Is, how is my Christian walk? Is it what the Lord orders? Believers are to be focused. They're, they're to be giving attendance to. or to be focused on all three of these things, reading, exhortation, and doctrine. So the three areas that any church or believer or minister should be concerned with are, number one, reading. Remember what we said what that is? Just going over and over the text, finding out what God says, uh, being familiar with the Bible, exposure to the Bible, reading, knowledge of the how do you How do you stand there? Spending time in reading the Word of God, <clears throat> personal devotions, memorizing the Word, meditation upon the Word of God, thinking about it, going over and over in your mind about the good things or the promises that God has given. Let me ask you something. Are you happy with your annual progress of your personal time with your, your diet on the Word of God? Are you happy with that? This is a rhetorical qu- or a, uh, a question that you answer within your own heart and head. I don't want any hands or anything said, but answer that question in your heart. Am I happy with my progress? 19 or 2018, this past year, am I happy with how I've gotten into a consistent time in the Word of God daily, reading it over and over, becoming familiar, uh, just having it wash over me, spending the time in God's Word. Are you happy with your annual progress of your personal time with and your diet on the Word of God? See, every year we encourage and we offer several ways to have that personal consistent time in the Bible. And and there's different programs that are out there. And and you know this, for those of you that have been around for years and years and years, try, we try to just about every year, the uh, first part of the year, say, okay, new year, let's try to get through the Bible. Have you read the Bible through since you've been a believer? Some have, and it's a blessing, and some say, well, you know what, I've never really read the whole Bible. I've read pieces of it here because it's a haphazard, it's a, a you know, a hopscotch kind of thing. And so you're you're missing certain doctrine or certain background, and you don't know what you should know. When 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 Paul told Timothy, give attendance to, hey, pay attention to, I mean, be careful to get into 
reading the, the Word of God over and over and over again, uh, you're to, you're to uh, uh, apply the reading of the Bible. Did you take advantage of latching on to one of those programs this last year? Where you said, you know what, I want to I read through my New Testament this year. And I went ahead and, and got a program, and I've got a list, and I put it on my fridge or in my bathroom or something, and I'm checking off as I go through because I want to get through the, the Word of God. I, I want to, and it's a program. I know it's, it's external, but it's a program to help you get through the Word of God. Did you do that? Maybe you want to read your entire Bible through, or you just want to read through certain books, but you want a consistent time in the Word of God, so you chose one of those, and, and you went ahead and, and latched on to one of those programs so you could daily and consistently be in the Word of God. You say, no, preacher, I didn't. Oh, okay, good. So how did you do this last year? How did you do? Did you get through the Word of God? Were you every day uh, consistently in the Word? Are you satisfied with your no program time in the Bible? You know, against programs. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. It's a program. Okay, how did you do then? How are you doing in, in your consistent... When, when Paul told Timothy, give attendance to... Pay attention to your reading. You've got, to, you've got to go over and over and over and over the Word of God. You've got to have that consistent time. He's, what he's doing is he's preaching to us about our devotional time, our personal devotion with the Lord. Did you really go further than you would have if you would have adopted one of the consistent devotional programs offered? You went, you went beyond that, right? So that's why you didn't, you didn't latch on to one of those. Are you trying to take advantage of the church-wide memorization program of Psalm 119? And now into Psalm 19. Boy, Psalm 19 has turned out to be such a great chapter to memorize. What a... Oh, no, preacher, I, I, I didn't do that. I let other people do that. Oh, yeah, because you don't have to give attendance to reading, right? You don't have to give attendance to memorizing and meditating in the Word of God. No, that's not you. Hey, you're unbalanced. You got to get in there. This is what Paul says. If you want to be balanced, there's three things you must give attendance to. And one of them is reading, is immersing, is getting into the Word of God and doing what you're. Are you satisfied with your no program memorization in the Bible? Okay, okay, really now. You know, adopting a read the Bible through program or a church-wide memorization program would help you. You understand that, okay? If you just look at stats, you look at the truth of, of how this happened this last year. If you, if you failed or if you, you know, maybe started and quit or maybe you didn't even try. And you, you say, you know what? If I would have preached, it would have probably helped me. Okay, so you know that, okay? But you don't. Or you won't even attempt to adopt a program this year. You're not going to change. You're not going to do that. Don't kid yourself. You are carnal. You're fleshly. Your, your Christianity is weak. And it's not going to help you. Preacher, I don't like that. I want to come to church and be encouraged, okay? I'm encouraging. Don't be dumb, okay? <laughs> Get into it, all right? 
You're anemic. You're useless to the Lord in a meaningful way because you are choosing this inaction to develop yourself. Shame on yourself. Hey, shame on yourself if that's you. Get with the program. How can you avoid being ashamed at his coming? You know, that's what the Bible says to, to believers. 1 John 2, verse number 8. And now, little children, abide in him that when he shall appear, we, have may, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. You know what being ashamed is at his coming? When you finally stand before the Lord and, and uh, he said, amen, it's good to have you here. It's a blessing. To read my word. Um, you know, Lord, I never did read through the whole Bible. What? <laughs> did you ever, did you ever uh, get onto a little child and, and they've been caught? They know it. You know, they're just ashamed. You know what? We could be ashamed when he comes because we're not what we should be. We didn't develop like we should have. But he says, listen, give attendance to. Pay attention. Put some, put some stock into this. Give attendance to reading. Decide to change that now, right now. Adopt it. Try it. You say, well, I did. Well, try it again. <laughs> Just don't quit. You know, the difference between failure and success is a lot of failures have to go into success. Try it again. Give attendance to reading. It's a command, folks, not a suggestion. Give it. You want to be balanced in your Christian walk? Okay, number one, you better give attendance to reading. Number two, exhortation. Give attendance to. Be, be all in when it comes to exhortation. This is fellowship around the Bible. How you walk the walk. This is hands-on and practical uh, in, in helping one another to walk in the light. Exhorting others. The question that I have to ask is, who am I helping right now? Who am I mentoring? Who am I exhorting? Who am I that coach going saying, hey man, you could do this. Listen, I know you failed there before, but you could do this. It's not your old life. Look at what God wants for you. Hey, listen, you can overcome this. You can trust God by faith. Who is, who is it? Who is it that you are exhorting? That's what it means to exhort. Who am I exhorting to live for him? Who am I helping to grow? Who do I have a passion for helping others to understand and follow the Bible? Or are you totally disengaged? Folks, that's what church is all about. And you say, well, you know, I can't really help others. I need help. Yeah, but you know what? There's somebody less than you. There's somebody that is not to your uh, level of maturity, no matter what that is. There's somebody that's, that's, that needs a hand up, and you can give it to them. You can exhort, give attendance to exhortation. See, this shows your active participation in teaching or assisting teachers in the church or uh, uh, discipling or mentoring others younger in the Lord than you are. How active are you in your exhortation, which manifests itself in your participation in the church's task of disciplining and discipling others? Hey, ladies, there's a ladies' meeting, and there's, I know, you know, there's a million excuses but it concerns me when there are some ladies that they don't, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to lift a finger to help 
another woman in the church that needs help, that needs an example, needs uh, um, encouragement, and they don't, they don't participate. Hey, wait a minute. You're, you're to give attendance to exhortation. Whenever there's any program, whatever it is, there, there's uh, VBS or there's uh, the, the uh, young people or there's whatever's going on, we're to participate in the church's task of discipling others, teaching them to observe all things. Observing is more than merely teaching lessons. It's helping them to observe or obey or follow or walk with Jesus. And it's not, it's not a chalkboard lesson. It's, hey, let's go. Put your arm around. Remember, uh, uh, what's that word that it was called? It was uh, uh, para... Let me see if I can find it. Paraclesis. It means going along with. I mean, encouraging them with. I mean, it's getting there where they are and helping them come along. And so it's exhortation. <clears throat> this is in the practical day-to-day burdens and trials to exhort others to stay true and to be faithful and to walk with Christ and to grow. Help somebody else grow. Help somebody else come up at least to the position where you are. Hey, that's what we're to be, be, give attendance to. We're, we're, we're to, to become expert at. We're to apply. We're to, we're to we're put attention to. Uh, beware to give attendance to reading. That's your personal devotion. To exhortation. It's helping others. And then doctrine. You know, it's talking about what the Bible teaches or teaching the doctrine. Outreach. How are you in outreach? That, we're talking about witnessing to the lost. We're talking about giving a tract to somebody else and inviting them to come to hear a gospel message. We're, we're talking about at your work to tell your co-workers, hey, you know what? You're going to die soon. Maybe sooner than you think. Do you know where you're going? There was a time I didn't know where I was going. But I do now. I'm telling you what, I'm so glad. Read this. Read this. Is that so hard? That's a witness, folks. This is, this is teaching the word of God. This is doctrine. This is what it's talking about. Uh, are you making the effort to be a witness to those in darkness? Uh, Pastor, you know what? I was slapped down. I, I was silenced once because I tried to witness to my cousin, and, and boy, he just railed on me, and boy, that was, that was terrible. And, and I'm just afraid. The other day when we had um, the funeral for... Um, the last funeral we had here. Yes, for Brother Wilder. Um, I had a woman in the, in the service that uh, came to me and said, Pastor, you know, years and years ago, and she's not a member of this church, but she says, years and years ago, you preached to loved ones, uh, one of my loved ones' funerals, and you said just the same thing that you said today. That Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And you laid out the truth. I'm so glad to hear that. But my brother tore into me after that. I mean, he tore in, and I haven't. He hasn't spoken to me since. And I'm thinking, oh, man, that's awful. That's terrible. That, you know what? That kind of thing happens. What do you do? You quit? What do you do? What do you do? You, 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 you just go ahead and say, you know what? I'd rather not have the uncomfortable, uh, awkward uh, conversations like that. So I'm not going to try to 
dissuade you from spending an eternity in hell. Folks, there are people that will reject. Mark it down. There are people going to reject. If you're going to be a witness, there's going to be people that will reject. Don't quit. Don't not try. Don't shut up at that point and and not give what what is so very necessary for that person to understand. You say, well, preacher, I just can't. I get so uh, tight-tongued and I can't, uh, you know, uh, what? Okay, give them a track. Say, read this. Can you do that? Say, read this. (laughs) Be a witness. Folks, be a witness. You afraid to witness because of some, hey, so you fell down and so there was some uh, uncomfortable, you know, circumstances get up obey the command to give attendance to doctrine to teaching the word of god to the world nothing puts the saint closer to the lord than getting involved with what he is impassioned about and if you ever hear the 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 parables that jesus taught about getting the harvest Look on the fields. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They're white, already to harvest. Get out there in the harvest field. There's a, there's a harvest that is going to be wasted unless we have some workers that get in there. Get in there. I'm concerned with the condition of my church for sure, that it's balanced. I want it to be balanced with, you know, giving, giving attendance to reading and to exhortation and to doctrine and have the right kind of a church and the right kind of a, a balance and all that. But this is a message that I can apply to myself. Am I balanced in reading and exhortation, helping those around me, in doctrine, my teaching what the Bible says to the others, to the world, my evangelism? How am I doing being balanced in reading and exhortation and doctrine. How can I improve? Where do I need to give attendance to? Well, those are questions that you just deal with the Lord, okay? Let's be balanced. Let's, let's be what we should be. Let's please the Lord. Let's pay attention to the command and give attendance to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. Every head bowed. Nobody's looking for just a moment. Let's...